I am writing this on Friday. That's important because my next Ozempic dose is on Saturday. I woke up this morning feeling horny. I'm not saying that my libido is back, but I felt stirrings down there. This makes sense if Ozempic is the problem. I'm the furthest from my previous dose, and the grip the drug has on my brain is at its lowest point for the week. As of today, I've lost 10 pounds. That's an average of 2.5 pounds a week. I'm happy with that. Another, more common side effect that is also bothering me is stomach issues. This happens most of the time when starting the drug. They aren't serious and should go away soon. There's a chance my libido problem has nothing to do with the drug. I plan to stick it out for a while, no pun intended. The plan is to increase the dose to 2 mg in 3 weeks. We'll see. Ozempic, semaglutide, is a fairly new class of drug that works on a molecular level to help the body control blood sugar. It turns out that it also reduces the chance of stroke and heart attack. In large doses, it also changes the way the appetite center of the brain processes hunger. This change causes weight loss and maintenance at the ideal weight. Discovering this benefit started scientists thinking about why people get fat. Maybe it's brain chemistry and not a lack of self-control. The weight loss dosage of semaglutide is 2.4 mg per week. My target dose in the diabetes type 2 version is 2.0 mg. I figure that is close enough to 2.4 mg to give me both benefits if I can tolerate the drug. The weight loss version of semaglutide is Wiseulta. Almost no health insurance covers it. Most cover Ozempic. Mrs. Lyon has been very understanding of my current situation. If I continue feeling better today, maybe she will test drive my libido. I'm also overdue for a punishment day spanking. We'll have to see how my digestive system behaves. And now for something completely different. My last job was with Disney. I was in the parks and resorts technology area. I'm not giving away too much by revealing this, but it's relevant to what I want to say. I dreamt of working there since I was a little kid. I begged my parents to take me to Disneyland, but they never did. I finally got there when I was 30. It was one of two things that turned out way better than I imagined. The other was sex. Anyway, I've had a lifelong love affair with the company and its products. During my career I also worked for other tech giants. It was usually unpleasant when people found out where I worked. I either was asked for tech support or had to listen to a litany of complaints about the company and its products. Not so with Disney. Without fail, every time someone learned where I worked, I was treated to a story about how a Disney cast member at a park improved their experience. Imagine working for a company that people love. The people who work there are happy. When I went for my job interview, everyone in the office was happy and helpful. That's rare in a tech area. I had to make numerous business trips to Disney World. I stayed in the resort hotels inside the park. Mrs. Lyon accompanied me on a few trips. The company was happy to have families come along. When I wasn't working, we got to explore the parks. It was wonderful. The attractions were as much as they were when I first stepped onto Main Street in Anaheim. Tears came to my eyes then, and they still do every time I visit. An article appeared on Fox News complaining about changes in Disney culture. It was written by a typical Fox Trumpy. She complained that Disney was being destroyed by the woke minority. That's a pejorative applied to liberal Americans who fight for equality and fairness. Her argument was that a new sort of correctness, my word, 
not hers, is destroying the beloved company. She pointed out that announcements at Disney World are no longer, ladies and gentlemen. They don't want to offend the other genders. She bemoaned the closing of Splash Mountain because its theme was the Song of the South movie that Disney made a half-century ago. They pulled that film from all media long ago. The woke people, the columnist complained, objected to its racism. I never saw the movie. I know it was based on Uncle Remus's stories. You know, Br'er Rabbit. The log flume ride will reopen with a less politically charged theme in a couple of years. Apparently, there are a lot of other changes as well. She bemoaned them. Now, she would almost certainly consider me one of the hate and woke people. I am proud to be one. Still, I see nothing wrong with Disney maintaining the traditional content of its parks. If it wants to put up signs warning that the attraction might offend some people, okay. But leave our childhood memories alone. As a company, Disney is in an entirely happy place. It's been sued numerous times by employees. When furloughs were announced in our area, the oldest cast members, including me, were first to go. Yes, there are senior citizens working at Disney. They are a tiny minority. You need extremely valuable skills to get a job there if you are over 50. They routinely deny this. I may be wrong. It's just my observation. The reason I'm mentioning all of this is that for the first time, I agree with one of the Fox News assholes. Sure, her stupid chanting of woke, woke destroys the editorial quality of her piece, but her facts are right. Disney is the tip of a dangerous arrow that is aimed at the heart of our culture. Sure, the white, middle class was seriously racist. Apologists have been trying to correct these wrongs for decades. More recently, LBGT groups have the microphone and are trying to change the way we use pronouns. I don't want anyone to feel excluded. I expect everyone to understand that the past can't be erased. Stalinist revision of history, like the changes at Disney parks, is just as offensive as the racial and sexual slurs the changes try to correct. The beauty of the Disney experience is its innocence. Sure, it might show some now politically incorrect stereotypes. That's unavoidable when we want to visit our past.